0: Mac Power Users, episode 467, Fitness, Apps, and Tech. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks, along with my pal, Stephen Hackett. How are you today, Stephen? I'm doing well, David. How are you? Good. This episode's going to be fun. I think so. I I, I think so. We've got a bunch of fitness discussion and hacks and apps. You know, Apple has made fitness a thing with their products now. And I find myself increasingly using them. I know you do too, Stephen. So we thought today we'd just kind of take a survey of the ways you can use your Apple products to to get more fit and um, some of the best workflows and apps to pull that off.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this. It's one of my favorite sort of like modern Apple initiatives, like all, all the health and fitness stuff. It clearly they care about it deeply. They've made big investments. I think Tim Cook, like personally, really cares about it. You listen to interviews with him; he's like, "Oh, I'm at the gym every morning at 5 a.m." Like that's impressive, and I think that is filtered down into their products in a way that, as we're going to get into, is like really interesting and I think helpful to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and you can tell that you know, when Apple references the people who you know use their Apple Watch when their car crashes, or or you know, Apple Watch helps them avoid a heart attack. You know, Apple, they, they, of course they use that for marketing, but I think they at a very deep level are proud of that. And I, th- um, I think so too. And anyway, so there's a lot you can do with this stuff and and we've broken it down with a, a, a nice long outline here. But before we get to that, uh, just a couple points. points. Uh, first is I wanted to thank everyone that said hello to me at PodCon. So I was up in Seattle last weekend and, um, Man, we had some great listeners there. Uh, It it was really exciting for me, Stephen, because, you know, once in a while I get to be a superstar for just a day or two. (laughs) It doesn't, that's not my normal life, you know, my normal life is picking up the kids from school and getting my work done. But the, uh, but, you know, once in a while you get to go be kind of a superstar and that was really fun. But um, so many great listeners came up and talked to me and talked about the impact the shows had on them and. Uh, so much love for Steven, that, okay. you know, I, uh, I wanted to share that with you, Steven, but it was just great. And um, and I had a good time. And, and of course, I got to see some of the relay folks there. Rose and I did a, a really fun meetup and um, even we had James Dempsey singing music and it was just it was kind of nuts. But the um, uh, good time had by all. And thanks for everybody for for taking the time to say hello. And I distribute many Mac Power User stickers. So there's so many stickers out
1: there. <laughs> Send us pictures if you put them on your devices. I like to, I like to see those things out in the world. That'd, that'd be fun to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Also, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of my other podcasts, Focused. You know, uh, Free Agents uh, with a New Year turned into more of a productivity show. But we wanted to make it something where we don't have all the answers. But, you know, our idea is about getting focused and kind of getting your life together and it's been doing really well, and uh, I've been really proud of what we've done. And we've got two episodes out now. So, if you're curious at all about that stuff, you know it's it's uh, Mike Schmitz and I, uh, and it's the the subtitle is "Life is about more than just cranking widgets," and I I think that really summarizes what we're going for there.
1: I've really en- I really enjoyed the first episode. I'm excited to hear this one that just came out uh, on the 22nd. I think y'all are doing a great job. Like. Uh, Talking about Superstar, Like your co-host, I mean, Mike is so awesome. I've gotten to meet him a couple of times, and I get to know him a little bit, and I'm just, I'm really excited about the future of that show. Just as a listener, someone who enjoyed Free Agents, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes.
0: Yeah, you know, Mike was so impressive to me, you know, when Jason, you know, decided to move on from Free Agents, he was just the obvious choice, and he was somebody that I just wanted to bring in to the family, because he's just so great, and um so sincere, and, and and he's got some great ideas. So anyway, go check that show out if you haven't. I'd, I'd really appreciate it.
1: Now, So you were traveling, you were on the road, and uh, I saw a blog post you had up before you left about the iPhone smart battery case. So this new case for the 10S, 10R, and 10s Max, and you've got your hands on one. So how is it?
0: Yeah, before we get into the content of the show, let me just do a quick review. Um, okay. So So Apple made a, a new battery case. I, the last battery case I had, I looked it up, was on an iPhone 3GS. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, so it's been a while. Well, you know the thing is, a battery case is great until you don't have that phone anymore, and then it's a battery without a phone in it. And um, so I, I've always been kind of hesitant to get them. But both my wife and I have the uh, the 10s Max, so uh, we would we we could both use a battery case. And even though. I usually get a new one pretty quickly. I always hand the old one down, and the batteries are always dead with my kids. They, they're they not good at charging. I don't even know if they keep this battery case on it. They still wouldn't just, like, run it down with the battery case on. But either way, um, I and I've got a bunch of travel planned this year, and my wife with her work um, does these press events where uh, she's at Disneyland for a couple days. You know, sometimes they put her up in a hotel because, you know, just you know, everything's happening at once. And, and so she always has battery issues there. And I thought, you know, let's just get one and have it. It's not going to be the everyday case for any of us, but it's going to be the case. We kind of trade between ourselves when one of us is traveling or she has a big event at work or, you know, just when you need extra battery life. And uh, so I decided to get one.
1: I like the idea of having one that sort of floats between everybody. My wife and I have—I don't think I've ever had the same iPhone at the same time. So that benefits lost on me.
0: Yeah, you know, Apple had that good deal; they were giving you a, a pretty good trade-in value, and we had a couple extra phones. So we, and her phone was three years old, so she wanted a new one, and and we went and and got her the you know the big enchilada. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole enchilada, I guess we got <laughs> So, so she's got the 10 S Max, like me, and she really likes the big screen. So so it's great. Uh, it definitely makes the phone heavier. Um, um, and it's, it's expensive for a battery. I mean, I've been carrying these anchor charges for years that cost like $20 and they fit in your pocket with a cable. Um, and so, if really, if, if money is a primary concern, this is not the battery you're looking for. Um, The texture is interesting. Uh, It's got kind of a rubberized texture, uh, which makes holding it without slipping easier, but sliding it in and out of your jeans pocket um, harder. You know, it just, it just, you know, it's a little harder to get in and out of your pocket. Um, And uh, I I think it probably is going to attract lint and, you know, it's just going to be a little harder to maintain. I was super tempted to get the white one. And at PodCon, Alex Cox, also a Relay friend of ours, had the white one and it looks amazing, except I um well, you know, it's just I, I know it would get dirty with me in like a day. So yeah, I, I got yeah. the black one. Uh Ro- Rose Orchard also got one. And she really likes it. Because, you know, like same thing. Rose is flying from Austria to the US quite often. She just wanted something that could give her more power when she needed it. Um the integration with iOS is aces, man. It, I've never had a because I used to have these um these external battery cases. And they're always a pain in the neck. You had to like know to flip it on. And, you know, there was, it was just kind of a hard to manage thing. And you didn't know how much power you had. Uh, this is the first Apple one I've had. And, and of course they've integrated it into the operating system. The little battery icon shows you the charge status of the case along with the phone. So you can always see it and it's got a Qi charger in it. So I can just set the battery case with a phone or without a phone inside of it on the Qi charger And it trickle charges it up for me, Uh, which is just, you know, so it's great. You don't have to take your phone out of the case to charge the case. Um, You can just lay it in the charger overnight. You're good. But it also has a lightning port on the bottom, so you can plug it in and do it that way if you want. Um, It's, you know, it's great. Um,
1: And the lightning charging will even do fast charging. So if you have one of those big, like, USB-C adapters and do a USB-C to lightning cable, it'll fast charge the phone and the case actually at the same time if you have a, a big enough charger. So, you know, the the wireless charging is a little bit slower. We're talking about a lot of battery. That's going to take a while. But, you know, if, say that you're traveling and you have one of those little multi-port USB deals, you could plug it in for a little while and then be good to go for hours, which is basically my use case for something like this.
0: Yeah. And it, like when I was in Seattle, I didn't have access to the hotel room right away. And I was traveling. I was doing lots of social media stuff. I was taking pictures, which of course hits the battery. And then I was in a a convention center with thousands of other geeks like me who were of course doing the same thing. So then it was having issues with the cellular radios, which also hits the battery. So, and I just never had a problem the whole weekend, you know, having that thing connected. It was, it was great. Um, But like I said, I'm not going to keep it on my phone every day, and maybe it was uh, extravagant to get it, but I think we're going to feel like we get our value out of it between the travel I'm doing and the the stuff my wife does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, overall, I'm happy with the purchase. Good. Yeah,
1: they run $129 for any of the three models. And if you, if you have an iPhone 10, the 10s case will work on it, but the software seems like it, it kind of warns you that it's not compatible, but it is. Uh, that was from Renee Ritchie over the weekend, so uh, Renee knows what he's talking about. But if you if you are like us, where you travel with these phones sometimes, yeah, there are cheaper options. But for me, something like this just being so well integrated is worth the cost, and so not having to like remember a cable. Like, oh, I've done this before, right? I could get on the plane. I have an iPhone and I have an external battery, but my lightning cable is nowhere to be found. It's like, well, that's not super helpful. Uh, but this is all in one. So it's 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 nice. I'm glad you're liking yours. I picked one up as well. I haven't I used it this weekend on a family camping trip, and my thoughts on it completely mirror yours. It's it is expensive, but it is a really good job and like I was in a situation kind of like you, I had basically one bar of like 4G networking basically all weekend. And that will just destroy a battery because, you know, the radios are trying to like spin up and like, Hey, you know, try to grab that connection. And the battery case was really impressive even on the Mac. So I think it gets thumbs up for me too.
0: Yeah. You know, some people are saying, well, I, you know, the modern iPhones, they never have a problem with them losing their charge in a day. Then you, you probably don't need this case, but Like, as an example, we had some out-of-town family visit in December, and, you know, usually when I go to Disneyland, it's like a couple hours. I'm not, you know, because we have passes, so I'll just go in, we'll watch a show, have a sandwich, and then go home. But we had the family, so they wanted, like, the whole experience, you know, get there at opening, stay there all day watch fireworks. And, um, so that day I was taking pictures of a lot of, uh, family related babies and, uh, (laughs) and we were running around the park all day and we were, you know, and the same thing, you've got thousands of people in a compressed area. So the the cellular radios work harder. Um, and that day my phone ran out of charge. I mean, I, I, at one point I had, you know, the anchor in one pocket and a cord going to the other pocket with my phone in it, you know, and, (laughs) you know, and that works and that's fine. But it it was, it it would be nice in the future not to have to do that.
1: Yeah. I think that's enough about the battery case. Yeah. okay, like
0: we've covered it. (laughs) So Apple and fitness.
1: Yeah. This, this is a really, we talked about a second ago, a really interesting part of the company to me. And I feel like so much of it is not necessarily dependent on the Apple watch, but I think the Apple watch is sort of the, the place to start for most people.
0: Yeah, and, and I think, like you said earlier, I mean, they really are taking this series. I think it's it's one of the real core drives of the company at this point, and it's showing up everywhere.
1: It is. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the Apple Watch itself. So the the Series Four has been out now for several months, and you know it's got the new design, which I think is a lot nicer looking, the bigger screens. But something that's really neat about it is that. Not only is Apple pushing the design, but they continue to push the health and fitness stuff. And this is sort of in two big categories. So you have the, uh, the fall detection. And in the show notes, I've put, because I'm me, an Apple support document about fall detection. <laughs> and <laughs> did
0: you hear that, Stephen? I
1: did. <laughs> There's that bell.
0: Yeah, I have an Apple support article bell now.
1: That's good. We're gonna wear that thing out, I think, over the
0: the coming years. I, I call the the K base bell.
1: Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. All right. <laughs> so the the Series four Apple Watch can detect a fall a couple of different ways. So Apple walked through this in their keynote. If you fall forward or you fall backward, it can detect that. And you know, I hadn't really thought about it um, until recently. But like falls are like actually a really serious deal if you have aging family members or or somebody like that in your life, they can be really dangerous. And the watch can keep an eye out for those. But there are there are a couple of things to take into consideration. One is that it's actually not on by default if you're under, I believe, the age of 65. So if you are younger than that in like your uh, medical ID stuff on the phone, which we're going to talk about, uh, fall detection is off. So you, you can go in there and turn it on. So I actually turned it on. On my watch, you know, I'm 33, but it's like you know, I I could benefit from this, right? I'm on the roof of my house clearing off branches, and I go mountain biking, and like things happen, and so I've yeah. got it on, and um, and now I know it's always kind of watching me to make sure nothing bad happens.
0: Yeah, and the way it works is when you fall, it, I mean it, it detects a fall, and um, I haven't had any false positives yet since I got the watch a few.
1: I have not. It seems like it's really like tuned in. I was a little worried that especially mountain biking, that if I, you know, came off a jump and hit the ground hard on the bike, that that would think that I had fallen, but I've never had it uh, flag one as, as, as a fall that wasn't, wasn't
0: one. But I did have a friend who fell and um, it triggered and, uh, and he, you know, he was able to disarm it in essence. So when you fall it, it, it says, Hey, you know, are you okay? And if you don't, You know, if you don't turn it off, then it's going to call emergency services for you.
1: Right. So this is tied in with the emergency SOS feature, which is on the watch. You can go and press the side button. And if you hold it down long enough, this will come up. So if you're immobile for 15 seconds, it will tap you on the wrist and sound an alert. It's going to try to get your attention, right? Maybe you're a little foggy and it's like, hey, 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 are you okay? Yeah. And that alert will get louder. So if you have a roommate or, you know, uh, you live with somebody, they, they could maybe hear it. But then uh, after a minute, it will actually call emergency services and your emergency contacts that you can set up will get a notification, including your location. So if you're out and about, they know where you are. This seems really well thought out to me. And I think Apple's put a lot of care and attention into this feature.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like um, this makes me want to put an Apple Watch on certain people in my life. Yes. Yeah. And – um I've already started those discussions, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, it all it also does a rudimentary EKG, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, you know, uh, have you ever you have the Series 4, right?
1: I do. So, yeah. So when this feature rolled out, uh, I did one and everything was was cool, but I'm glad it's there. Uh, what about you?
0: Yeah, me too. I, I got a clean bill of health from my Apple Watch. You that's know, good. But the uh, you never know. I mean, with all the other things wrong with me, I was thinking, well, that's good. I got that going for me. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> a win. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but it also, the Apple Watch now for a couple of years has been able to monitor your heart rate for you and even yes. let you know when it detects something odd going on. I uh, I was at a thing for my daughter, and she was doing something really cool, and I was like... You know, heart swelling, proud dad, and tell them I watch it. Hey, your heart, your heart's going a little faster. You okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, and I wasn't because I wasn't like having a workout or anything. I was just anyway, I, yeah, I was yeah. being schmaltzy. But the yeah. uh, <laughs> but it but it but it went off, and it's it's happened a couple times. I think it's I think it's cool to know that. Hey, I got a little buddy on my wrist keeping an eye on things for me.
1: It will also detect low heart rate. So if you have issues on that end of things as well, the Apple Watch will let you know and. All of this stuff is just, like you said, it's kind of like a buddy who's got your back, just monitoring things in the background and storing that information in the health app and then alerting you that, that hey, something may be wrong. It's not that these things are necessarily definitive, right? The ECG on the watch is, like you said, it's rather basic, but it can be enough to get you to go see a healthcare provider. It could be enough for you to go start asking questions and for me, that's all I want out of this, right? Like if, some, if something came up, I'd still go see a doctor, but I may not have ever known without these features. And I think that's, I think that's pretty cool.
0: I'm, I'm just glad to see Apple doing things like that. And, you know, when you look at the phone and the watch and what they've done over the last few years, you know, it gets back to this idea that Apple really wants to have your back when it comes to your health. And they want you to be able to use this technology to, uh, to help you take care of yourself a little better. Um The uh, w- a big piece of this is the Apple Health app on the um, on your phone.
1: Yeah, so this rolled out with iOS eight now years and years ago. But the Health app, the way I think about it, is it's sort of the central repository for all this sorts of information and third party applications. We're going to talk about a few. They can read and write information into and out of health. So if I track a workout with something other than an Apple app, it's it can store that information in health, and it can read my weight and height from health and do all these things. But it's sort of the hub for all these apps and services to go in and and sort of gather information. It's all local – on your phone, it is backed up to iCloud if you elect for that to, to be backed up. So if you move from one phone to another, you don't lose your history. But it's all stored on the phone. It's it's not something that Apple can see. It's not something that third parties can see. It is just information that is uh, as private as it can be, uh, which is really important when you're talking about things like health.
0: Yeah. And it's it gets confusing for some people because there's really two health-related apps. There's the health app. Which is like Stephen said, it's the repository of your health data, and then there's the activity app, which is where you track your activity, and and that's more of a workout related app. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I believe does the activity app require an Apple Watch to show up, or I, be- you- I believe it does. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but either way, you know, but the health app, I think it's on every iPhone. And it shows you, you know, because the phone also has sensors in it, too. If you carry the phone around in your pocket, it's actually going to collect a, quite a bit of information about, uh, I believe, step count and some of the data that you can get. Uh, not, not, not everything you can get with the watch, but a lot. Um, and so it's already collecting data for you there. And it's also got a place where you can put your medical details. Um, there is the medical ID feature. Uh, We've talked about this occasionally on the show in the past, but every time it comes up, I think I want to stop and just put a pin in that because it's so important.
1: Absolutely. So this is a place in the health app. You can go in and enter contact information for yourself and your, again, your emergency contacts. You can list allergies, blood type, height, weight. And the idea is that if you are in a situation where you can't respond to, you know, say uh, a paramedic or or a doctor or somebody like that, this is accessible on your phone without unlocking it. Basically, it's it's two taps away from the PIN code screen, and they can get all that information, including like all that contact info, without having you know your phone be unlocked if, you, if you're unable to do that. I think this is spectacular. I have it set up. This is one thing I tell all my family members. Be sure to do this, because if you're in a situation where someone – if you're alone or someone doesn't know your history – you can put that in there. You know, some of us have like really serious allergies to common medication that would be bad if I was given that in an ambulance. So I want that in there. And my understanding is, talking, having spoken to paramedics, this sort of thing is actually included in training. They know that this exists on iPhones. So if someone has an iPhone and they're in an accident or or something, they look for this. This isn't something that you could do and no one's ever going to look for. My understanding is a lot of paramedics are. are Fully aware of the system, which I think is just great. It's it's well worth a couple of minutes to set this up and then to tell your your loved ones and friends and family about it as well.
0: Yeah. There's a real good article you did over on 512 Pixels that we're going to link in the show notes showing people how to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we don't give that many homework projects out on Mac Power Users, but I would say this is one. You know, I think so. Uh, if you if you've done your own, I, I would I would hope that a lot of our listeners have already done their own because they're geeks like us. But if you haven't, do it. But if you, even if you've done your own, make a list of two or three people in your life that you know are on some sort of medication, or you know everybody could benefit from this, obviously. But but call two or three of them, and or the next time you see them, help them get this set up. I think you could really help somebody out one day that way. Absolutely. But anyway, uh, so you, in addition to putting your medical ID in there, uh, something you talked about earlier that I think is just a good move Apple made with this is the ability to allow third party access, you know, because it's Apple. You never really know if they're going to do that. I mean, they, they still haven't done that with time tracking and stuff, <laughs> but, but the, um, but, with medical, they have, and I think this was a really great move because there's just rich abundance of third party apps out there we 're going to talk about several of them as we get through the show, um, and all of them, at your approval, you know none of, none of this stuff is automatic, you have to approve it, uh, but they can not only draw from this uh, your health Uh, and medical data in this application, they can also contribute to it. So if you have a sleep tracking app, it can send sleep data to the app, you know? And and it's just great because now you can choose the apps that you like the best and still have this great repository of information instead of having to go to five different apps to get different bits of it.
1: Right. I was actually just looking through mine as you were speaking, and I've got, you know, probably seven or eight apps in here that can both read and write information. And it's really fine-grained, so something like a calorie tracking app may want all sorts of information, but you may want to say, hey, actually, I don't want you to see certain things. So there are a lot of toggles on these screens, but I think it's it's worth going through them, looking at them, and granting permission uh, based on what you want. And they have both read and write. So if I have an application, I, I want to say, I don't want you to know anything about my health, but I want to use you as a way to input information into health app, then you can set those permissions accordingly which is really nice
0: and and before they did that because these health apps were starting up even before apple had this this health app uh, it was a mess because you literally had to go to the withings app to see your weight and you had to go to the fitbit app to see your steps and it was just it was terrible because you didn't have a single place to collect that information
1: it's really great uh, something, too, that um, I, I don't have much firsthand experience with because it's still really limited, but there are several hospitals and like doctor's offices and, and medical care providers that can now access the health app. So they can put information in and out of it. You can use it to check prescriptions and your history and everything. Um, I would love to to hear from from listeners if you have experiences, because again, it's a very limited rollout right now, and what that's like. Reading about it online, it seems like people really like having that back and forth. But if you've had experience with that, uh, maybe let us know in the forums. I'd love to see how that experience has been for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, that might be fodder for a feedback episode at one point, because it's kind of a new thing. And um, I'm super curious to see I think it's like in its infant steps now, but maybe in the future, this is a thing where you go to the doctor and you know tap a button on your phone and do a download.
1: It'd be it'd be really great. I mean, all that information is there, but yeah, exposing it in a way that that is use is useful to a medical care professional would be really cool.
0: Yeah, I I actually have shared data from this app with my doctor just when I go in for a checkup. You know. And uh, I said, "Well, you know," he says, he'll, "you know, you sit down." And he says, "Well, how, how are you doing?" And I think I'm doing okay. I said, "Well, let me show you my activity, and let me show you, you mm-hmm. know, what my my heart rate readings and things are." And he sat there for a few minutes and looked through it all. And uh, it was—I thought it was kind of nice because that's way more quantitative than me just saying, "I think I'm okay," you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not the professional. <laughs> Even the ECG feature
1: we mentioned will actually create a PDF in the health app that you could email to your doctor or nurse practitioner. like It's, it's really well thought out.
0: You know, I was, I was heard as a kid of it called EKG, but I guess it, now the accepted term is ECG.
1: Yeah, I don't know the difference or when it, or when it changed, to be honest with you.
0: But yeah. ECG yeah. is what Apple calls it. Okay. Well, then it must be right. <laughs> I'm going to go with them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by our friends at 1Password. Look, we all live in a complicated age. We have countless, I mean, countless online accounts. We have social media all the way up to online banking. And each one of those needs to have a secure, unique password to keep us safe. And that's where one password comes in. You can use it to create strong, unique passwords. And the best part is you don't have to remember all of them, right? So if you have, I mean, to say you just had 30 accounts, all of us have way more than that. But even remembering 30 strong unique different passwords is basically impossible, but one password remembers them all. They're stored there securely and they're on all your devices. So if you're at home, in the office or somewhere in between, you can log into all your accounts easily wherever you are. With one password for families, you can share login information with the important people in your life, and with one password for teams, you can create one password vaults for different coworkers. Managing access to critical information with fine-grained control. So if someone doesn't need that login, but they need this one, you can just set that up for them. One password, of course, works across a wide range of browsers and devices. On the desktop, the simple shortcut of Command backslash opens One Password with the correct login selected and ready to be filled. That is a shortcut that is wired into my brain forever. AgileBit stays on top of the newest features. Uh, for instance, One Password on iOS uses Face ID to let you quickly unlock your vault, and it integrates with the new autofill password feature, so you can log in right from the standard iOS keyboard. And this is great because staying secure shouldn't slow you down. You know, if something to keep you secure is a burden on your workflow, you're just going to bypass it. And One Password makes everything as easy as possible by keeping up with what Apple's doing. One of my favorite features, I actually used it this morning, was the ability to create and store banking information. So often, I have the need to send somebody like a routing or account number for a payment, and that comes with like a bank name and a bank address. And instead of having to look that up every single time, I can just keep it in one password. It's way safer than keeping it in Apple Notes or Google Docs. I know it's safe and sound, encrypted neatly and 1Password when I need it. Head over to 1Password.com slash M-P-U to learn more and to sign up for a free 30-day trial. And When you do sign up, you'll get 20% off. That's 1Password.com slash M-P-U. My thanks to 1Password for supporting this show and Relay FM.
0: I think we should start talking about the ultimate health and fitness accessory for your iPhone, and that's the Apple Watch. And, um, It's expensive. And I I just wanted to take a minute to talk about, you know, what do you get for your money in terms of health and fitness with an Apple Watch? And how does it compare to something like a Fitbit?
1: I think it's a great place to start. And the base layer of, you know, step tracking, heart rate monitoring, simple notifications, that's really kind of the same on both of them, right? The Apple Watch does those things in a way that I think is nicer, but the The Fitbit suite of products, which we have a link in the show notes because there are a lot of them and it's hard to keep them straight and hard to talk about all the brands. Most of them can do all of that stuff. I think the big difference for me, at least, uh, as, as silly as this may sound, is actually iMessage. At, the Apple Watch for me is an iMessage machine. It's an iMessage client almost more than anything else day to day. And, you know, I I have a lot of threads with a lot of people. It's my primary mode of communication other than Slack during the workday. Again, some of the Fitbit models can receive notifications from your phone, but you don't get to interact with them necessarily in the way like you can on the watch because it's all baked in, made by the same company. And maybe that sounds, you know, a little bit silly. I don't know if that is true for everybody, but it's definitely true for me kind of where I am in life.
0: I mean, we all have our like killer apps on the Apple Watch and you just don't get those on a Fitbit. I mean, for me, it's it's OmniFocus because I'm scatterbrained and, and I get ideas all the time on things I want to act on. So I've got the OmniFocus um, widget and I can just, or complication. So I can just tap on that and add to the inbox with my voice very quickly. And And to me, that makes the difference in price worth it. But, but on a health and fitness level, I feel like, um, the, you know, like I'm, I'm not aware of a Fitbit that does an ECG. Maybe there is. Um, but it just seems to me like Apple is, is always the one Mm -hmm. pushing the charge on health and fitness. And another big difference for me with the Apple watch is frankly, the social element of it. I feel like for me, it actually helps motivate me to work out when I, you know, I get to send <laughs> unicorns to you or, you know, or when like I, I had a friend because I was traveling, I didn't work out for a few days. I had a friend actually text me. Hey, I noticed you haven't worked out this week. That's not like you. Are everything OK. You know, And it's like that's nice to have that kind of community feedback, and it it helps get me more fit, I think. And I know you can do that on Fitbit as well, but look, you know, let's be in my world, most of my friends are wearing Apple Watches, so that would make sense to join join in.
1: It's actually interesting. My mom wears a Fitbit, and that, to her on the Fitbit side, is one thing that keeps her there. You know, I would like to have her have an Apple Watch, mainly for the fall detection, like we spoke about earlier, but she's got her friends and, like, people she works with, they all track steps Within the Fitbit ecosystem. And so for her to step out of that would be leaving that sort of community. And I think that's a really strong point to consider that those communities like they do mean a lot to a lot of people like you, I I share my workouts with a lot of people. And it is a a sort of a, a sense of, oh, yeah, people can see what I'm doing or not doing. And that actually is like a, a motivator for me to, to like, okay, I need to make sure I actually make it to the gym this morning and not just sleep in and then go to work late. Like I need to get up and go do it. Um, and I think that's a powerful –
0: thing. For my wife, the Apple Watch exists to find her phone, you know, because it's got a button you can press that makes your phone <laughs> that's ring.
1: A, that's a great feature. <laughs> I,
0: think that, that, that'll, I don't even think it needs to tell her the time. <laughs> it's, it's worth yeah, it. I, I
1: use that uh, pretty <laughs> often. I use it as a speakerphone. I mean, I, I, it, it is an extension of the phone for me, much more so than it was in the beginning. I mean, Apple is in such a good job at making the Apple Watch itself, but Watch OS, the software that runs on it, just better and better over time. And yeah, the applications are more limited when you look at what they can do on the phone. But we all have the two or three that we use. You mentioned OmniFocus. Uh, for me, a big one uh, is uh, day one as well, to do like quick entry on day one and have it sync up. They actually just had an update very recently that, that made a lot of that better that I'm looking forward to exploring hopefully this weekend. But there's there's little sort of interactive things you can do on the watch that that don't mean... Uh, you know, going over and picking up the phone, which, again, is unique to the Apple Watch because it's all baked in by the same company, right? They can do this because they build uh, the software and hardware on, on both sides of the equation.
0: Yeah, we should put a pin in that at some point, I want to talk about how we do journaling with our tech. Yeah, I'd love to. I think that's something to talk about. Um, anyway, uh, so must you have an Apple Watch to take advantage of fitness and health with your with your iPhone?
1: Uh, you don't. Uh, Again, the like the Fitbit and these other applications. Even look, even if you just have your phone in your pocket, it's counting your steps. You don't you don't have to have an Apple Watch to take advantage of this, but the Apple Watch does improve the quality and types of data that are collected because it has all these sensors. Uh, I love the way you said it. It's your buddy, look, you know, watching your back all the time. Yeah, it just adds to the base experience of just having an iPhone.
0: And it also captures data when your iPhone's not with you. I mean, uh, on the days I work from home, uh, my dirty secret is my phone is usually not with me often, not even in the same room as me. And it's great because I can grab calls on the watch. It collects, you know, standing data and all the heart rate data and all that stuff. while I'm going around, I can get messages just looking at my wrist and it's really fun. And, and that's what, I guess that's one reason why I don't feel bad about buying the big phone either. Cause it's not constantly in my pocket.
1: <laughs> right, you know, I, I've struggled with this particular point. My Series Three I bought with LTE, and I had this, you know, this vision of I can go for a bike ride or a run or just go to the grocery store, use Apple Pay, get a phone call, get iMessage, and leave my phone behind. And the reality of it was, at least for me in my own experience, I just didn't do that very often. There was something that the watch couldn't do. A lot of the time, it was podcasts that's better now with with watch uh, OS five and and those new tools that like people like Marco like Overcast being on, on the watch is huge for me. But I just always brought the phone with me anyway. So my Series four actually is not cellular. I I went with just the the aluminum Wi Fi only model, and I would like at some point again in the future, may, maybe not this this time, but maybe you know at some point trying this again where i can just walk out the door with just my watch but for me at least it didn't really pan out that way and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad it's working for you and i think it works for a lot of people but for some reason for me it just didn't quite stick
0: i'm terrible at surfing you know i'm in mean, california you got to do this stuff right i'm terrible at it but i i go out and try uh I've decided this year I'm going to um, do more boogie boarding, which is much easier, you know. Uh, and now I'm deciding, am I going to wear the now that I have the the Series 4 with cellular, am I going to wear it into the ocean? I don't know. I'll let you know how that goes.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. Hey, you're like way cooler than I am now. It's like, oh, I'm just going to picture you surfing. It's all the time. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The You know, the watch is... It is additive to this conversation, right? It yeah. is a satellite to the iPhone. I, I not, but I do think at some point in the future, you could maybe get by with just an Apple Watch. Like you know, looking ten years down. I mean, I don't know. I'm terrible at predicting the future, but yeah. at some point, I could see it sort of graduating to being a sibling of the iPhone, not a child of the iPhone, if you will. But for now, you are you got to kind of understand that it is it is an extension of the phone. I think more so than it is. It's a standalone device, at least for most people.
0: Yeah, but I, I think yeah. I'd conclude this just saying: look, if you if you want to get really serious about health tracking, uh, a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, even a year old Apple Watch, you know, if is going to be is going to dramatically increase the accuracy and quality of the data you're collecting. So, something yeah. you may want to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so so let's get to the nitty gritty of exercise. Um, the activity app is. Um, apple's kind of catch all exercise application and it's got a whole bunch of different exercises in it every year with a new update they add additional categories like this year they added um uh, uh with the, the the training you know where you go and they they cross between like rowing and weightlifting and you know you do these workouts that jump between different modes but they added that um but even for you know rowing uh walking running just about any exercise you can think of they've got listed in there so you decide you want to start doing the exercise you go in your watch and you go into the activity app you pick the exercise you're about to do and you press the start button and then it just tracks for you and then the watch is using a little more power it's checking your heart rate more often and it's like if you're running it's checking your distance and if you've got you know it's it's actually recording your path if you've got the watch you know with the um with the geo built in and it's uh just kind of like i said your little buddy now is is just keeping track of what you're doing during your specific exercise and when you're done you press stop and it saves it and you've now collected some really great data about your exercise One of the nice things they did with the most recent release of the watchOS is they, because people always forget, you know, nothing worse than finishing like a two mile hike and realizing you didn't start your, your workout. The worst. Yeah. It's like, now I'm not (laughs) going to get credit and Steven's not going to send me any unicorns. It's just going to suck. Right. And, um, now it, 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 fixes that for you. In fact, when I was in Seattle, for those of you who've never been to Seattle, the whole city's built on a hill, so it's pretty good for your heart walking around. And Rose and I had a uh, we were um, uh, the hotel we were uh, staying in was was kind of far away from well, it wasn't that far away. It was like 15 minutes away from the event. So we would walk um, together to the, um, to the event. And I would always get to the event and my watch would say, Hey, looks like you just did a workout. You want me to give you credit for that? And I'd say, <laughs> That's a, cool. why? Yes. Little watch. I would like that very much.
1: And on the the other end of it. So if you've been working out and then, you know, you get distracted leaving the gym and you get in your car instead of having a, an hour long session, it'll say, Oh, Hey, it looks like you've stopped working out. You just get a little vibration, a little sound. And you can say, yes, actually I did finish my workout. So it's, it's keeping an eye
0: on both sides now which i really
1: like because i mean i forgot all the time
0: you know the, the watch has sound on it and I, I, almost everybody i know turns it off like permanently same yep me <laughs> i have to admit though when you start a workout in the activity app it does the beeping sound that i equate with olympic downhill skiing you know the, it's the three beeps with the high pitch beep at the end. If you've ever watched mm-hmm. the Winter Olympics, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It does that as you start your workout. And that makes me smile every time, so much so that sometimes I will turn the sound on the watch before I start a workout just so I can have those beeps. <laughs> I am such a weirdo, and I know. Oh, it. I love that. Yeah.
1: At the heart of the Activity app, though, are the three rings, which you know Apple's done all the marketing around. And it it's, it's hasn't really changed since the beginning, but there, there are three of them. You've got move, which is red. You have exercise, which is green, and you have stand, which is blue. And they, they interact with each other, but move looks at your active calories you've burned so far. So this doesn't necessarily mean that you have exercise, but you know getting up, moving around, walking around the office, whatever, uh, that's slowly and surely, you know filling up over the day. You have exercise, which is brisk activity. Uh, that you've completed so far during the day and again like we said watch now will will do its best to detect start and finish of that which is really handy and then you have stand which is just looking at the number of hours in which you've stood and moved for at least a minute so this is the one that i've got reminders turned on for this because you know a lot of days i'm just at my desk sitting and it'll ping me and say hey You've been here for a while, and I use that opportunity to get up, walk in the house, get a cup of water, get a snack, which is probably not what the health app wants me to do, but whatever, and uh, and make sure that I'm on my feet a little bit. And you know, over over the day, they start to fill up, and then you fill one of them up, and you have really cool animation, and you can fill all three up, which is sort of the ultimate goal, um, and all that gets logged in the activity app, so you can go back in time and see how you've performed over time. So for me, I always like this if i'm someplace like WBDC, or like you said podcon where like it's pretty easy to fill your rings if you're walking 20 minutes back and forth a couple times a day as opposed to a day you're just in the office and you can kind of see over time how you do so for me uh, i like to start my week with exercise monday morning i'm in the gym and monday's really consistently i fill my rings tuesdays is a bit of a, mo- a bit of a struggle for me some days so i can see that over time and make decisions about how I plan my week, how I plan my exercise. And it's all based on these like three rings that just slowly fill up over a 24-hour period.
0: Yeah, and just a safety tip, you know, when you get the stand notice that says, hey, you, have, you have, haven't st- stood for a while, that is not, you know, filling your stand uh, loop by going downstairs and eating potato chips isn't yeah. exactly what they meant. Not that I've ever done that. Mm, yeah, <laughs> no. no, I don't but, know but, but, what
1: that's like, <laughs> but there, but there's real science
0: behind that. I mean, people who sit all day, you know, they go in the ground sooner and that's just something that that's easily avoided if we would uh, try and do something about it. So, um, I, it was really educational for me when I got my first Apple watch because I had had a Fitbit for a long time and, and the Fitbit I had didn't have heart rate tracking it was before they did that and I, I know they do it now so it's okay, you don't have to write me but the um <laughs> uh, but I had I had the kind that, you, that was like a little pill thing you stuck in your pocket and um, I didn't realize I wasn't doing anything for my heart rate and I took that really serious when I realized the red ring was not filling on my new Apple watch with the old workouts I was doing so now I'm I'm regularly doing, I hike up into these mountains around me, so I get heart rate, I do some yoga, which, uh, man, that kills me, I'll tell you that. that, uh, I have so much respect for anybody that's good at yoga. My wife was telling me, let's go do it together. I'm like, I don't want to go anywhere public. You should see how (laughs) it is not. (laughs) It is not a pretty picture. (laughs) Just put it that way. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, but but anyway. uh, So I think the watch. It's a good example of you know putting this when you put this technology to work, it actually can change your habits and maybe improve your health.
1: One last thing on the activity rings. It it used to be, I believe, where they it was just what the watch was tracking itself. But at some point, like the health app, Apple has integrated other apps into activity. So if you use A third-party workout app, and uh, there are several. I use a couple on a regular basis. They will contribute to your rings. So one I use really frequently is called Strava. It tracks bike rides and runs, and I use it because it has a really vibrant community in it. So basically everyone I ride with has uh, a Strava account, so we can all see where we've gone. It puts it on a map. You have segments and all that stuff. And now I can start a ride In Strava, actually on my Apple Watch, and it will auto pause if I stop. And at the end of the ride, I can hit finish and it will sync not only to Strava, but it will sync to the health app and to the activity rings. And so I can, after it it takes a second, after it syncs, I can see that green ring fill up with an hour and a half bike ride. That I didn't tell the watch itself I was bike riding, I, I tracked it in a third party application. But again, that information is shared. So I'm getting credit even though I, I wasn't necessarily using, like, the built-in official workouts app.
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot of third-party apps coming into this space. Um, another one is Workouts++, Plus, um, which is, I think it's a little more um, fluid. I mean, it just seems like uh, they're coming up with additional workouts that Apple doesn't. You know, they're, they're more nimble, I think, in terms of adding new workouts to that app. But I know right. a lot of people prefer that one because... It gives them the right workout where the Apple one doesn't necessarily do it. And it, it doesn't matter which one you use. You can use activity. You can use Workouts++. Plus. The data is still going into that health app that we talked about earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. Workouts++ Plus Plus is uh, made by our friend uh, underscore David Smith. And why why I really like it is that he has this really great configuration tool. So you can open the app and you can track – different types of metrics based on workout. And again, Apple does that in its own app, but sometimes I want to see other things. And if you're really particular about tracking one metric, so say that you're running and you really want to look at like one specific like pace or maybe average heart rate, you're trying to keep your heart rate in a specific zone, well, you can just add that to the workouts plus plus sort of home screen on your watch. So when you lift your wrist while you're running, you can see that. Uh, It's really powerful if you want more than just what the Workouts app does. Uh, And uh, I think like last year, he made it free. So it's just free to download. And again, it all stores in health and activity and everything. But if you want a little more data or a lot more customization, it's one that I definitely recommend to people.
0: Yeah, and I guess the point to make here is... There are so many apps to collect exercise data. There's ones that um, I think it was at Run Zombies. It's you play it while you're running and it, it tells you that you're being chased by zombies to motivate you mm-hmm. to run faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that'll <laughs> send information to the health app. I mean, um, whatever whatever activity you're involved in, there's probably 15 apps at least for it. So I would recommend you know wh- whatever it is you like to do, go to the app store and start looking around at the apps. Um, like uh, like I said, you know I've been doing the hiking and I, I bicycle a lot, but I kind of cheat because my bike has a motor on it for the big hills. Uh, that <laughs> so, is cheating. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get in your club there because you guys will you know. <laughs> Well, that's a whole nother thing, but it is kind of fun to pass um, real bicyclists going up hills and <laughs> and just say on your left, <laughs> and, and then they say various things to me as I go past. It's kind of fun, but anyway, the um, the but the, no matter what you do, but so we're trying this yoga thing now, and like I said, I'm not going anywhere public to do this, so I've been trying a couple apps. I don't know, I could recommend either one of them yet, but the two that I like the most are Asana Rebel and Yoga Studio, and uh, I don't know if anybody's out there and. They're um, they have a one they'd like to recommend. Put it in the forums or send us a note or something because I I can't find the right one for that just yet. But uh, my point is there's is so much so and they all feed information to the health app and you don't have to use Apple's activity app.
1: Yeah, something nice about a lot of these apps too. They're not only a track, but like with the yoga ones in particular, they will they'll instruct right so you can see okay, how am I supposed to do this exercise or this move or lift these weights? Because a lot of it is like safety stuff. You want to make sure that you're doing things appropriately and correctly. Uh, one thing that I love that's sort of tangential to this is that in my gym, all of the fitness equipment has QR codes on it. And you can scan them, which is with the built-in camera in iOS, and it will take you to a web page. It's really simple. And has a video of like, hey – this is how you do this. So like if you don't want to ask or you, know, you can't find an attendant, you can make sure you're doing it safely. Like there are just so many options for this now. And like I was scrolling through the app store in preparation for this. And they're just it's a, an abundant of riches when it comes to picking workout and training apps.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, let us know your favorite ones and we'll leave it at that before we get on to the next subject. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to us by our, our longtime sponsors and friends over at the Omni Group. And specifically today, I'd like to talk about Omni Graffle. Omni Graffle. is the Omni Group's application for making beautiful, precise graphics. And I am not a graphics professional, never have been one. When, um, when I try to draw pictures with a pencil, it's Pretty terrible, but uh, Omni Gravel has been kind of my secret weapon on images for a long time because uh, they've just made a really accessible yet powerful application. Uh, Someone who's not a graphic artist like me can pick it up. And it does all sorts of cool tricks. I mean, I think they were one of the first ones, for instance, to have magnetic lines. When you draw a square and then you attach a line to it and you move the square around, the line just goes with it. It just takes care of that stuff for you. And uh, using this, it makes it really easy to put together basic or even complex diagrams. So if you're a student or you're in business or you do anything where you need to give people information in a visual way. And trust me, that really helps. Um, OmniGravel can be a great tool at your side for it. And they've got two different versions. They've got a professional and a standard version, so you can go online and download the free trials to see which one scratches the itch for you. But but omnigravel is something that you can easily pick up. They've got videos to kind of show you how it works. And uh, and in addition to making it easy for you to put these graphics together, it also makes it super easy to export them. For instance, I use Omnigraffle graphics all the time in presentations that I give. And with Omnigraffle, it's just a couple taps to export that image as a PNG image with no background. You know? So all the geeks know what that means. I can just drop it into Keynote, and it has no background on it, so it looks beautiful right in the middle of my slide. And um, that's just one example of the way I use it. We, another example is we make our Christmas card every year, and uh, I do it in Omnigraffle. You got my card this year, right, Stephen? I
1: did, and it it was very good.
0: Yeah, we went all um Andy Warhol <laughs> and I I used OmniGraffle to make it. So it's uh you know, it's just an application. It's 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 like having a Swiss Army knife for graphics on your Mac or iPad or, you know, and, and the iPad version by the way is also excellent. So, uh head over to omnigroup.com and check out OmniGraffle. They have a free uh trial. So, There's no excuse not to download the trial and kick the tires a little bit. Do watch a a few of the videos and just kind of try and make something basic. But like I said, if you ever need to make an an image to represent something, there's nothing better. Uh, That's OmniGraffle over at theomigroup.com. Thanks, OmniGroup for sponsoring the Mac Power Users.
1: So another category of apps and services to consider when we're talking about adding tech to our health and fitness, or I'm kind of ca- categorizing them as like food tracking, calorie tracking, weight loss, like s- that sort of genre yeah. of applications. And it seems like they're two big ones. In fact, I've used one and you've used the other. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can compare notes here.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, what, you're using Lose It, right?
1: Yes, I've used Lose It. Uh, not so much in the last couple of years, but for a long, t- for years and years, used it to input calories, keep up with calorie counting, and uh, try to gain some understanding about my diet and and how that interacted with my exercise.
0: Yeah, and and I used to lose it originally, but I have a as I'll talk about later, I have a Withings scale that that measures my weight, and at some point, um, the free version required. Didn't support that, and this was years ago. Maybe it does now. I don't know. But the um, so I did. I didn't want to pay for the premium just to get it to auto capture my weight. And and the other big one, MyFitnessPal, uh, does support that. And I've had a free version of my MyFitnessPal ever since. And it's the same thing. MyFitnessPal uh, plugs into the Apple Health data. So, for instance, when I do a workout, um, it shows in my daily calorie. And and when I weigh myself on my smart scale. It, it collects my weight, but the thing I find it really useful is just keeping track of what I eat. Um, uh, I, I have this issue, I guess I'm getting a little older and metabolism is slowing down and I'm still exercising and eating pretty good, but, uh, I feel like I'm getting a little chunky and I want to do something about that. And, uh, so I've got to be more careful about what I eat. And every time I write down everything I eat during the day, I eat better. I guess that's obvious, but, um, but I, and if I'm going to do that, I need an application that makes it Easy, and that's what, uh, my fitness pal does. So with my fitness pal, no matter where like restaurant stuff you go to, they've almost always got all the data in there. And, and it's, a, a, here's a power tip. Like if you're going to a, a restaurant, Put and you're about to order something. Go ahead and and plug it in before you order it, because you'll see. You're like, wait a second, this is 1500 calories. Yeah, I'm <laughs> okay. gonna
1: change change my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It has it has that effect But but the other thing that uh, my fitness pal does, it's cool, is it's got a, a barcode scanner. So a lot of the food I eat is just you know stuff I get at the market. And like uh, you know, if I'm gonna have some Campbell's gumbo soup, I have to uh, go ahead and scan the barcode on it and it just collects the data if it didn't already have it in there. So it just makes it ridiculously easy to write down what you eat. And, um, that's why I like my fitness pal. Uh, that one also has a social element to it. Uh, I think lose it does as well. Um, I haven't done much of that. Maybe I should think about that at some point, because I think like, just like the, the exercise, I think the having people hold me accountable would be be a good thing
1: absolutely and lose it is very similar in feature set i mean trying to compare them they're they're very similar lose it is all the same things the super easy search and input for uh for tracking calories uh it can even use like location data to try to like put you in a restaurant which i think is cool and um it it does a thing that i really like like you said it Integrate your exercise information because those two things when you're talking about, about health and fitness like diet and exercise are in some ways two sides of the same coin where you can be eating and and basically where you're working out has very little effect when it comes to calories burned because of your diet and you've got to balance those things and these sort of applications can make that relationship easier to see and that was really eye-opening to me when i started doing this so like oh If I do this at lunch and like my hour in the gym, like they don't, it doesn't even cancel each other out yet, you know? And so having a better understanding of that is, is really critical. And these applications make it really easy to see how those things kind of bounce off each other.
0: Agreed. And I I think, um, just use whichever one you like better. Um, they both have premium models. I don't think necessarily you have to sign up for the premium. I, I have not, and it's just fine for giving me the data I need. Um, and then I think the other thing is, is the social thing is kind of important. If you want to do this with other people, you all need to be on the same page. I just said, y'all, I don't think I've ever said that before. Either.
1: Oh man. Oh, it's starting buddy.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> well, coming. My dad's from Missouri. He used to say all sorts of weird stuff. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll accept you. Yeah. Um, uh, another sort of app that's kind of like these, and I have struggled to find good examples of this. So again, this is one where like, if you have a good example, I'd love to hear it. There are some applications at the app store that say you can plug in like your food allergies and scan or search and it can tell you if something may or may not be uh, you know in violation of those allergies or those sensitivities like i said i've had real mixed luck with that over the years i don't use one of those on a regular basis and i have a lot of food allergy stuff but those are out there as well so if you have like a specific need or want to know can this fit into this sort of restriction those are out there but Maybe just pay attention to what they're saying, and I don't think that's a reason to skip reading a label, <laughs> which is which is what I do now. It's like, oh, I know what those words mean, but uh, they're out there as well. If you if you have that sort of need,
0: yeah, I was looking, um, you know, in the MPU forums, someone was uh, started a thread about water tracking, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, that's something I don't have that much experience with. I uh, honestly, I I drink water all day. I I haven't written it down, but that's it's just. The the drink I usually prefer, right? So, but I, so I'm just assuming I'm getting enough. But the uh, uh, I know you've looked into it a little bit.
1: I have. So WaterMinder is the application that sort of <laughs> excuse this floated to the top of our water tracking
0: discussion thread. <laughs> I see what you did there. It's really good.
1: That. It's it's five bucks on the the iOS App Store, and it is like a complete like full featured health app. So you can. Inner stuff, you can even do it with Siri, so you can just say, hey, log eight ounces of water, and it will add it. Again, it integrates with health, so you can track this over time. It gives you recommendations of, oh, you know, you're this height, you're this weight, this is your uh, your lifestyle, like active or semi-active or something like that, and it will give you some recommendations, and it will even give you reminders. So if you're like me, where like my natural inclination is not to drink water all day. It'll just say, hey, it's three o'clock. You haven't logged any water recently. Maybe you should, you know, go get a glass of water next time you get up. It's great. This application, this application is nice. I've I've spent a lot of time in it. But if you don't want to spend the five bucks, HealthKit, like the Health app, most of its input is actually exposed in the shortcuts app. So I have a shortcut in the show notes that is really simple, one step. You hit it and you basically say, this is how much water I've had to drink. And then it adds it to the health app automatically. I think Water Reminder is nice because it gives you the reminders and the recommendations. But if if all you're after is just tracking, just – I'm already – somebody like you, David. I'm already drinking water, but I'm kind of curious about how much it actually is. And this shortcut can be a nice way to sort of quantify that.
0: I think – just the idea of using Siri shortcuts to to capture health data is something that people probably haven't considered. And it is a ridiculously easy shortcut to create, even if you haven't done many shortcuts. Um, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> really easy. They, they, I mean, you just drag it in and you you list the activity and it, it yeah. goes in. And so, so that's something to think about.
1: Yeah. Um, you can also use something like Streaks for this. So Streaks is an app that... It does a lot of things. Basically, it is like a habit-forming, habit-building app. and I mean, you can put everything from, like, take the dog out to, like, wave to my neighbor. But one thing you can do in it is track different health and fitness things. So maybe it is, yeah, hey, I want to drink you know four glasses of water during the day. Or, hey, I want to go to the gym three days a week. Streaks can be a way to track that over time and to make sure that you're doing what past you, said you wanted to do it's a, it's it's not an application that i personally use but i know a lot of people find this sort of thing really powerful and like streaks is beautiful and really well designed and uh it's a great way to to again to have that sort of motivation if it's something that you respond to well
0: yeah and, and in terms of measuring the same thing goes for your weight um i when it first became available i bought a withings scale w-i-t-h-i-n-g-s yep. i don't even think they make the one i have anymore It I, i've lost track. I've probably had it four years now and it's, it's great. You know, you have to replace the batteries about every three or four months, but you just stand on the thing in the morning and then uh, my fitness pal knows how much I weigh. And, there's no cheating. (laughs) There's no, uh, no opportunity. And it's so easy because you just stand on it. And you know, I love it when the robots do all the work in the background. And it's the same thing. I don't have to go find a window and log it in or forget to, it just, the only thing I do is stand on the scale and and the internet does the rest for me. So I think that's something, if you're interested in, in like routine uh, measurements, uh, technology can be your friend. And my guess mm-hmm. is I, I've been very happy with this withing skill, so I would recommend buying another one. But the uh, my guess is they're probably better now and uh, probably do even more than mine does.
1: I've got one as well, actually, about the same time frame yours as I think. I was looking through their website earlier, and they do all sorts of fancy stuff now. Uh, they do BMI indexing and walk over Wi-Fi and talks to your phone. Like I've really been happy with mine, and it, we just had like a kind of a El Chipo like drugstore. Scale before this, and I was like, "Well, I'll splurge on this because I had a lot of a lot of stuff going on." I was like, "I really want to track my weight really specifically over time," and uh, it was a great purchase for us. My wife and I both really love it. I am not using Lose It currently, but I still one of my favorite things in it was being able to plot my weight on a graph. And so I came across this application called Happy Scale. And it has the most adorable icon you've ever seen. It's a bathroom scale with a smiley face. Like it's a win right off the bat for the icon. And you can plug your weight into it. Uh, again, it works with the health app and it syncs all that data across. But it gives you basically any way you would want to chart your weight, it can do it. So you can say, I just want from this date to this date, or I want my entire my entire history goes back to like 2014. I want to see all of it. I want to see uh, – my goal weight and see how my weight has interacted with my goal over time both over and under it's really powerful but really easy to use uh if you're like me and you love graphs this is the app for you and it, you can back all the data up to dropbox even though it syncs with the health app It has some nice data import export features uh this is an app that i haven't heard talked about a lot of places but i absolutely adore
0: all right i'm, I'm downloading it i'm in yeah look how happy he is <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm going to try and talk you into my fitness pal, and then we can uh, send each other rainbow unicorns over our weight and food as well. You're
1: going to see how many nights (laughs) I just eat a bowl of cereal for dinner. I don't think I'm ready to share that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (sighs) All right. But so there's some there are some definite options out there for auto weight tracking. And if you're, you know, bringing the geek uh, tools to the to the table, this is something you may want to do.
1: Absolutely. And, And we should say that all of this stuff is is great for contextualization to kind of understand what's going on with your diet and exercise and what's going on with your body. But none of this like should be taken as the only way to do this. Like if you have real concerns, like of course, go talk to a doctor, go talk to like a dietitian or nutritionist. There there are lots of people who can help you form plans, but also, like you said earlier, sharing that data with your doctor. Like if you are if you're plotting all of this and keeping up with it all, you can go in armed with that information. And that's what I love about all these tools is that I can have an informed conversation with a healthcare provider about what's going on in my life because I take a little bit of time each day to track the stuff as I go.
0: Yeah, and, and you don't have to buy all these fancy things to do the same stuff. We know that. You don't even have to tell us. We know. But uh, I guess I should say that because later in the outline, I have just the mother load of geeky fitness equipment. <laughs> You've
1: picked some wild stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I just let my mind roam free with the internet.
1: That's a dangerous game, my friend. (laughs) This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by our friends at Luna Display. Have you ever just looked at your iPad and wished you could use it as a second display for your Mac? Well, Luna Display lets you do just that. And it makes perfect sense because your iPad has this gorgeous display, If you, especially if you've got the big one. It's a lot of screen real estate, and maybe it's not in use when you're at your Mac. So you could put it to use, use that extra space while working with macOS. Luna Display provides crystal clear image quality, reliable performance, and wireless flexibility. You just pop this little hardware dongle into your Mac, and you're good to go. So I have the USB-C one on the back of my iMac Pro. Itty-bitty, not hanging off anywhere, not making a clutter. But it makes this work great. And if for some reason you don't have Wi-Fi, you can just connect via USB. So you don't, uh, you're don't, you not stranded you know, somewhere where the Wi-Fi is not working. When using the Luna display, you can set up your workspace anywhere. So you can be productive in the office, in the studio, or on the go. And you don't have the expense of buying a second screen because you already bought the iPad. You don't have to have this big external display that you're not using all the time. You can reuse what you've already invested in. Luna Display acts as a complete extension to your Mac, so you're going to get support for your external keyboard, Apple Pencil, and touch interactions. You can interact with your Mac with just a swipe of a finger. It kind of turns your Mac into an iOS app in sort of a weird inside-out way, but it's a way that I really love. Uh, I've been really impressed with my Luna Display. Like I said, I have the USB-C version. It works flawlessly with my between my iMac Pro and my iPad, and the process is really easy. Get their application, get it installed. And it's really, I've really come to love it using my iPad as a reference monitor. So I know you and I both talked about while we're recording our shows having the recording software off to the side on the iPad. So I can keep an eye on it, but it's not cluttering, you know, the notes and everything I'm looking at. Uh, But I really have come to love it too in the bookkeeping and administrative work that I do that I can have a, you know, say a really long PDF or something, something I need to interact with on my Mac. But just have it off to the side as a reference, and I can interact with it as I need to. Listeners of Mac power users can get an exclusive 10% discount on their Luna Display. Just go to lunadisplay.com and enter the promo code POWER at checkout. That's lunadisplay.com and promo code POWER at checkout. Our thanks to Luna Display for their support of this show and Relay FM.
0: All right, moving on in health and fitness, I want to talk a little bit about sleep tracking. Um, I think if there was one thing I did to improve my health in 2018, it was the year that I said I got serious about sleep tracking because it makes such a big difference when you get enough sleep and you get good quality sleep. And how do you know if you're getting good quality sleep? Um, with the uh, technology, actually, it really can lend a hand. Absolutely. you know.
1: And all of this stuff, like I kind of feel like I have a good good thumb on how I'm eating, how my exercise is going, but I I find it personally hard to quantify the quality of my sleep. Like I don't sleep super well and sometimes it's way worse than I expected and sometimes way better, but I've actually – like you have implemented some tech so I can, again, have an informed conversation. I can actually know what's going on as opposed to just like, well, I don't know. I'm tired like three days a week. I must not be sleeping well. Now I have actual numbers.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the um, the science behind sleep and there's there's way more to it than we're going to talk about today. But, you know, you have the the REM cycles, uh, which is one thing, you know, how how often do you get into deep sleep while you're asleep? And then the other thing, which is kind of interesting, is the idea of having an alarm clock that knows your body, that knows when is an opportune time to wake you up as opposed to when you're in deep, deep sleep, you know, sometimes you wake up and it feels like you just got hit on the head with a hammer. Cause you were, you're coming straight out of deep sleep. <laughs> right. You know, you know the feeling, right? I do. Uh, so, uh, so there's, there's some tech there to help you. Uh, so what, what are you using to do it? So you, you are sleep tracking in, right?
1: I, I am probably like half the time, not, not every night. Sure. And sure. Part of that is I just don't uh, sometimes I just don't think about it or sometimes like maybe exercise during the day. My, my, my watch battery isn't where I need it to be, but Uh, I do sleep track with the Apple Watch. And the number one question is just that. How do I make it all day and then sleep all night and the battery not croak on my Apple Watch? And what I have found is that the thing charges pretty quickly. And so if I take it off, say, during dinner, you know, so it's off my wrist for, say, 45 minutes or an hour, you know, dinner, clean up the kitchen. And then by the time I'm ready to go pick it up, it's got plenty of charge for the night. And again, in the morning... Take it off, shower, brush my teeth, eat breakfast, you know, that sort of morning routine, pick it up and it's ready to go for the day. This is especially true, I feel like, with the Series 3 and 4. You know, older watches, it may be more of a struggle. But if you're strategic about when you charge your Apple Watch, you can you can definitely sleep track like every single day pretty easily, I think.
0: I, I occasionally read from some of our friends who say they just charge their watch while they're taking a shower and then they're fine and they can wear it the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I haven't found that to be the case. I, I do quite a few workouts, so I do think I use up more battery. Um, but I do find if I just have uh, I put it on the charger in the morning while I'm while I am doing my shower and you know uh, I I do we're going to talk in a minute. I do a meditation in the morning that's thirty minutes, so I, I do a couple things in the morning where I don't need to have a watch on, and that does a pretty good job. And then usually what I do in the evening, same thing. I put it back on the charger. Uh, maybe when I put my pajamas on and then just when I go to bed, I can, it's, it's ready to go. The other thing you do, if if that doesn't make sense for you is just buy another watch cable. And like, I've got an extra watch charging cable in my office. And sometimes if things start going a little sideways and I'm in the middle of the day and the watch battery's low, I can just take it off. Uh, usually i set a timer on the watch for like 40 minutes because i don't want to lose my standing credit right so I'll, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll set a timer on the watch and i'll put it on the charger for like 45 minutes and then that's enough but the uh you can absolutely do sleep tracking with the watch if you're just a little mindful about making sure you have a charge in it
1: yeah i think i think that's totally fair uh so what what app are you using on the watch
0: to track that You know, I, so I've been going, I don't really have a favorite. I'd love to hear from people about what their favorites are and why Um, sleep cycle was the one I started with. And that was before even, I think Apple watch where you would just set it under your pillow and it would monitor that way. But I never really felt that great about having a charging phone under my pillow. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, but, but, and sleep cycle is, is probably the original, you know, in terms of, uh, sleep monitoring and waking you up you know, when you're outside of the REM cycle and you know, that's one, a lot of people like they added, they've added a bunch of features. They have a subscription for a uh, premium package. And I just, I just haven't like stayed on the bandwagon with that one. Like one of the features they have is it will, record you snoring and then you can listen to it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, you know what? I guess that's a good idea, but I, I, that's just a little too much reality for me. I don't think I want that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I don't like the idea of a microphone just being in my bedroom either. You know, so I, I don't know. So, so I moved on. Uh, the one I use the most these days is, you know, our friend David underscores sleep plus uh, plus he's added a feature to that where it's just automatic now uh, you don't have to push a button on your watch before you go to sleep. Uh, you just go to sleep with your watch on. And then in the morning it takes all the motion data from your watch and sends it over to your phone. And so, and I find it's pretty accurate. It usually knows when I went to sleep and when I woke up and when I have a rough night, like, you know, maybe something happens. We had a windstorm here last night. So at about two o'clock in the morning, I had to get up and do some things. And the, um, and then when I looked at my sleep data this morning, there it was. You know, it, it reported me being awake at two o'clock in the morning, and, mm-hmm. and so I think the data he gets is pretty good. And I like that it's so simple. Auto Sleep is another one. The company that makes Auto Sleep makes two apps. They make Auto Sleep and Auto Wake. And um, Auto Sleep does the same thing. It automatically tracks your sleep, and then Auto Wake uses the the watch motion data to find the optimum time to wake you up. And I I tried Auto Wake, and I haven't been able to make it work for me because it just doesn't seem to work. I don't, you know I mean? You have to have it as a complication on a specific face. And, and I've had mornings where either the alarm wasn't assertive enough or it just, it just didn't wake me up. I, by the way, on this subject, I love having the watch on me, not only in addition to track my sleep, but also to wake me up because it wakes me up by tapping my wrist. So if my wife isn't getting up at the same time I am, I don't have an alarm blasting to wake her up.
1: Yeah, it's great. So I yeah I use Sleep Plus Plus. Uh, Auto Sleep has its interface is, is busier, and I just want like really simple data. So Sleep Plus Plus is it for me. Uh, one one sort of trick that I think people should should know about: if you're going to sleep with an Apple Watch on, you can put it into theater mode. So if you swipe up and you go into the control center, uh, it's the happy sad masks guys and. Basically, what that means is if you turn your wrist over, your watch screen will not light up. It'll only light up if it gets tapped. That is huge if you toss and turn at night and you don't want to blind uh, someone in bed with you. But the other thing I do is I have a watch face just for sleep. So I use the utility watch face, and the only thing I put on it is time, and I choose the dark red color. So it's very dim if it does... uh, light up at night as opposed to my normal watch face, which is like full of colorful complications. So it can be a really nice um, sort of like discreet deal if the screen does come on, but that theater mode is a lifesaver where you're not going to blast light into your bedroom.
0: Yeah. It took a little um, getting used to for my wife to realize that I'm wearing a watch to bed, a digital watch to bed. (laughs) It's like, really? You're going to wear your watch to bed, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's a great idea about having a specific face on it um, with the with the red. I'm going to do that good old utility face still probably the best face
1: it's uh, I think it is <laughs> yeah. uh, there are some other solutions out here you mentioned sleep cycle which like you said started life as like sticking your iPhone under your mattress or whatever there are a couple of like sleep tracking mats I guess is the best way to say it so uh, withings makes one and then Bedit, which is actually owned by Apple by the way they bought this company last year or the year before and these are pretty similar products. They, you know, they plug in via USB or whatever, and they're just a, a thin mat that you put under your sheets. And so it can track body position, quality of sleep, heart rate, breathing, snoring. Um, if you're, if that's your your deal, it can basically track that information without having a watch on your wrist. You know, for me. I already own an Apple Watch. The information I get out of Sleep Plus Plus is is enough. It's, it gives me the data that I want. So I haven't investigated these personally, but there are other options out there if you want a little bit more or you don't own an Apple Watch or don't want to wear one while you sleep.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like you and I are in the same place on this. The I like I, the sleep data has really helped me, and um, and also Apple has this built in feature. Um, oh, I forget the name. Is it called Bedtime? Where bedtime. it gives you. An, yeah it gives you a notification you tell it when ideally you're going to be waking up and it'll set an alarm for you and it'll tell you when you should be going to sleep for that um sleep plus plus has a similar feature built in uh the thing i like the idea that apple's including in the operating system but i don't like the alarms that bedtime uses and um you know getting back to that silent tap on your wrist is an alarm you really i really don't think you can beat that and and then I don't hate some song, you know, like if you use a song to wake you up, then you end up hating that song. Cause it's the yeah, thing yeah. that drags you out of sleep. <laughs> so, you, you know, you got to pick a song you hate to begin with. So then you're starting a day with a song you hate. There's just no win there. Right. So, so the, the silent tap works great. Um, but, but getting back to my point, I feel like the amount of data I get out of sleep plus plus is, is fine. I, and some of these apps, um, seem like they want to give you more information. I'm not sure how accurate it can be. I mean, it's just a thing strapped to your wrist all night, but um i'm I'm perfectly fine with what I'm getting you know the amount of sleep I'm getting and a and a general idea of my restfulness during the sleep. And it, it really does equate, like the days I feel bad, I look and say, yeah, I did have a bad night last night. Um, totally unrelated. Are you a napper? Uh,
1: I, very rarely. Uh, most of that, I think, is just my phase of life with kids in the house. It's just not feasible most of the time, but uh, on occasion.
0: Yeah. I got a killer sh- serious shortcut for naps. I'll um, I'll polish it up and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, really just, curious. Cause, cause, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you need a nap for for me, if I sleep... A nap longer than 30. I like naps. Don't do them every day, but I do them often. And if I, but if they're longer than 30 minutes, it messes me up. Cause I think I like, you know, there's science, you know, like drags you into deeper sleep, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, so I've got a series shortcut that puts the phone on. Do not disturb sets a timer and, uh, does a couple other things. And, um, and then when you, after the alarm goes off for the nap, it, it reverses all that. And, uh, but it's got to run the whole time. It's, it's kind of cool. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Cool. All right. Now we get to go hippie on the show. Uh, it's oh funny boy. because this is the coming out week for me in meditation because the, uh, the most recent episode of focus that dropped the, the uh, Chris Bailey wrote a book and he had a section there on meditation. I said, all right, I'll just admit I've been doing it since 1990. Yeah. I'm from California. <laughs> what do you sure. expect? Right. Uh, but so I, I get real benefits out of it. If you want to hear an extended discussion of why I think meditation is a great idea, to listen to focus. That was pretty cool. You see how I did that? Um, yeah, but the, uh, it really does help it, believe it or not. And, and once again, there's a lot of studies and science that show, I think this stuff can help you sort things out, but the, um, but there's some great apps for it. If you're interested in starting on Now, now I guess your position, what's your position on meditation? You don't, you haven't done it, right?
1: I haven't done it. Uh, I don't have any strong opinions on it. Cause I just, ha- I don't have any firsthand experience yeah. to be honest
0: It's not your thing. That's okay. And there's a lot of people that feel that way. Uh, But if you're interested in it, um, uh, there's a couple things. First, Apple has that Breathe app on the Apple Watch, which was Apple's way, you know, Cupertino style. Hey, maybe you should try this. And I think most people immediately turn that off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I did. I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't use, maybe I should turn it back on. May, maybe I need to experiment some
0: more. I, you know, I, I don't, I leave it on. I, the meditation I do is, is with, through a different app. And, um, I don't use that as like my f- focus of meditation. I do occasionally, I like having it on because occasionally when it goes off, I'll say, well, when that went off, was I in a good space? You know, I'm so granola, man. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everybody outside California. What I, you know how I talk, <laughs> but the, um, Anyway, uh, so I, I, leave it on, but I don't really use it that often, but the, the, there are some great meditation apps if you want to kind of get into it. Uh, it doesn't, what I said on focus is, is true. You know, you, it doesn't matter what you're it's not a religious thing. It's really, I think a practice thing. And if it is a religious thing for you, please don't get mad at me. But uh, for people who aren't, you know, Buddhists or whatever, it's, this is something I think everybody can benefit from, uh, the, uh, the app I would recommend is headspace. It's got full on courses. They walk you through and I think it's 30-day free trial, so you can just give it a try and see if it, if, if it does it for you. Uh, another good one that has tutorials in it is called Calm. Um, I've been doing it a long time. Uh, a lot of times I, when I meditate, I don't need someone talking in my ear. It's distracting for me. Uh, so I use just a real basic one, which is, in effect, a glorified timer. And it's called Samsara, M-A-S-S-A-R-A. And I'll put links for those three in there. But, you know, I, this stuff is part of health and fitness, and it's totally um, more accessible. See, I, I'm from California. You said totally. Uh, it's more accessible uh, using this technology. Like uh, I, when I wanted to learn how to meditate, I had to go to, um, to a place where I learned all about it. And maybe you're not in a place where you can do that, or you don't have time to get in a car and go somewhere. Uh, these applications can really take you pretty far down that road.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm going to turn the breathe that back on. I'm going to dip my toe in the water.
0: Well, if you were going to dip your toe in the water, I would recommend, I, 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 <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, I don't know. I'm not going to hold you to this, but if you're going to, okay. if you were listening to this and you want to dip your toe in the water, I would recommend just download Headspace and just try the free 30 days and just see if it helps or not, you know? Okay. And the problem with meditation is that you feel foolish when you start it, because the whole idea of it is just to to pay attention to what you, what's going on in your brain, you know? And um, you feel like a dummy when you do it at the beginning, but then all of a sudden you start seeing benefits. So if you, if you really want to try it, do that. And if you'd like to hear a whole lot more about it, Chris Bailey and I go in depth on it in the most recent, was it uh focused episode 65. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Enter offer code MPU at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. You know, I love Squarespace. Uh, I use it every day. It's the uh, service that allows you to create a website easily that do just about anything you want. So you can make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award winning templates and more. Maybe you want to create an online store, or you want to create a portfolio, or maybe you just want to create a blog. Uh, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. And not only are they beautifully designed, they're easily adjustable. So you can make your site look just the way you want. Uh, I use Squarespace for MaxBarkey.com. Uh, I love so much about it, but one of the things I like is they're increasing iOS support. They just released a brand new iOS application for Squarespace that's great. And uh, when I was heading up to Seattle, I wrote a post in the airport. Which is always a bad idea, you know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know <laughs> usually, I have a, an editor, or, or, or you know, or some. You know, I use some or Grammarly or some way to check a post before I put it up. But hey, my pla- plane's about the board. I want to post this, so I went ahead and did it. And of course, as soon as I got off the plane, I had hundreds of emails about a couple really dumb typos, you know. But That's with Squarespace, yeah, I just opened up the uh, the app. You know, they've got a, a phone app. I could go in there. I made the edit, fix the typo. And I felt good, you know, on the lift ride to the way of the hotel, I was able to fix it with my phone and that's because I have Squarespace. So a uh, Squarespace plan started at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash MPU. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for the Mac power users. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash MPU with the code MPU to get 10% off. Off your first purchase we thank squarespace for all of their support squarespace make your next move make your next website
1: so now we come to the point in the show where you just went out on the internet and you came back with your arms full of health and fitness smart gear
0: <laughs> now you, you know i have to make an admission i didn't go all over the internet i went to the apple store website really
1: So all this is, is sold on the apple store
0: yeah. I didn't want to go to some sketchy, you know, third-party vendor. I said, well, if I feel, I feel like Apple does some kind of vetting before they put something in their store. And uh, cause I know there's like a gazillion things out there that help you with health and, and Bluetooth and whatever. But I said, well, what does Apple sell? And these are all things Apple sells. So, uh, maybe this will, <laughs> uh, tickle your fancy as we go through.
1: Okay. So, uh, you got to start us off with a smart jump rope. What is this?
0: (laughs) it's a jump rope that attaches your phone and tracks your jump roping. And it gives you data into your health app as to your activity as to how long you've jumped rope and how many loops you did. (laughs) I don't have one, so I can't tell you. Oh, there's
1: your homework. You need, (laughs) (laughs) please please report back.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm not sure I do a jump rope, but boy, if they had a they had a Bluetooth connected pogo stick, baby. I'd be all over that. <laughs> or maybe I need oh, a, a Bluetooth Bluetooth uh, boogie board. Well, The number of times I wipe out.
1: That's good. I need that information <laughs> in my life. Uh, <laughs> there's also a uh, a number of smart connected toothbrushes. So these things talk yeah. to apps and they give you prompts on how long you should brush long you've brushed in the past, when you should like change sides of your mouth, all that good stuff. Um, that's pretty cool. If that's something, you know, if you're that yeah. person that goes to the dentist and every time they get onto you, maybe this can keep that from happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, there's a UV skin sensor. You know, a lot of people have skin that's particularly sensitive to sunlight. Um, they've got a thing that it's called My Skin Track UV and it you wear it around your neck and it tells you how much exposure you have.
1: Mm-hmm. John Voorhees reviewed this over on Mac Story, so I'll, ha- I'll have that in the show notes. And it, it is like tiny, so you just clip it on somewhere and you're, and you're set. Yeah. It's sort of in the same vein, glucose monitoring kits. So you can – people who have to track their blood sugar, that's just a very like data-intensive thing, right? There's a lot of numbers to keep up with, and it's really important to keep up with it over time. And so, again, this uh, device, you can ch- check your blood sugar, and it will all go into the health app. You can store it all, again, for that informed conversation.
0: No, I, I, think, I think a lot of that stuff where you've got to do regular tracking for a doctor, putting this into digital form where it automatically tracks it and, and gets accurate information. Uh, stuff like glucose uh, is a great idea. Um, uh, we talked already about scales, um, but, you know, Withings makes a digital scale. They also make a blood pressure monitor. So mm-hmm. if you've got a medical condition where uh, it makes sense for you to take your daily blood pressure Uh, I think that there's a real good case to be made to getting one of these Withings devices, because like I said, it's going to get the accurate results. It's going to record them digitally, give you a lot better information you can share with your doctor.
1: And they make tons of stuff. So they have a thermometer as well. They also have some watches that you can track steps on, but they look like analog watches. I actually had one of these that I wore for years and really loved it. I still wear it sometimes, honestly. Uh, They they make a wide range of things that – plug into this whole ecosystem.
0: Yeah. One of the things Apple sells is what they call for your bike. I was curious to see if you would be interested in this. It's called the smart halo bike system. Yes. Have you ever checked that out?
1: Uh, I've seen the website before, but going through it, I, uh, really would like to, uh, pick one of these up. So it, it goes on to the stem of your handlebars and it does a bunch of stuff. You can get navigation from your phone. So you say, Hey, I'm going to ride from here to the coffee shop and we'll give me the turns. Uh, you can use it as a headlight, which is great. Uh, you should have a headlight even during the day, so you're more visible. It has a security alarm. It can track your ride, your fitness, and your speed and distance and all that stuff. Kind of an all in one deal, and it's really attractive looking. Like I would totally put this on my sort of commuter bike and 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 enjoy it. I think so. I may I may pick one of these up. Maybe I'll ask this for uh, next time. You know, birthday or Christmas comes up, maybe on my list.
0: Yeah. And the way it does things like the directions, it does it by it lights. There's like lights around the rim of it. So it lights up on the side you need to turn right on or whatever. So as a bicyclist, it allows you to keep your eye on the road the whole time. Which is important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The uh, Another one that they had, I, I'm not a tennis player, but they've got a, a tennis racket swing analyzer. You know, that's a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, attach a gizmo to a, um to something you use for a sport or activity and then collect data on it. And this one does that. It, it analyzes your tennis swing. Don't really have anything else to say about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, there's similar things for golfing and baseball. I'm sure, you know, a lot of like yeah. tracking your motion, that sort of stuff. But um, uh, the, the next one is interesting to me, the upright posture trainer. So it is a little, uh little pod. I don't know. And <laughs> it goes on your back basically. And it, it, it detects your posture. And so if you have back pain or you you know just want to sit up straighter, walk straighter, this can remind you to do that and, again, give you information on how you're doing.
0: Uh, for some reason, this one really turns me off. <laughs> I'm not sure. I probably know that I have bad posture and I just don't want to be reminded of it constantly. <laughs> um, sit up. Sit up. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, the uh, the There's one called the Spire Mindfulness Activity Tracker, and based on my... Uh, my segment earlier on meditation you'd think I'd be all over that but I'm not really it, it measures breathing tracks sleep attaches to clothing um I, I don't know i'm not really sure what this does that i would need um hmm. so that, but that's fair uh and then they also had the fingertip pulse oximeter oximeter uh, Ox- you know oximeter i know that you know i, I recently had a, f- a family member in the hospital and uh they do that all the time Yes, I really should have researched before the show and live exactly why they need that information. But oh, yeah. somebody well, out there knows. E- I can
1: explain it. I have, uh, we have one of these, and not a smart one. We have a dumb one in our house, uh, yeah. And it detects things like um, heart rate and that sort of thing. But the, the sort of the critical thing is oxygen saturation in your blood. So if you have something like sleep apnea, where that's that can be a struggle at night, this can give you information. About that, Or some certain types of infections or or diseases will impact how much oxygen you get into your blood. So, yeah, the hospital, it's sort of standard fare. So we have one. It's about the size. It clips on your finger, gives you a little readout on the screen. And it works very quickly, just a couple of seconds usually. But, yeah, they have a smart one on the Apple Store. So, again, plugs into health and all that stuff.
0: And I bet if we came back in a year, there'd be another 10 of these things that are measuring other things. It's just – I mean, the the pedal is down on this. I mean, the the rumor mills are saying Apple is – pushing hard now to have the Apple watch figure out if you've had a stroke or not. And, um, uh, so I, I feel like this is only going to get better. And at some point, I mean, I w- at what point do the people who are resistant to wearing technology on their wrists start to say, you know, I need this just because it's going to keep me alive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you wonder, um, like yeah. I, I, like I said, there, there's some family members that I have that are resistant to Apple watches, but this fall detections so out there, there's some older members of my family have, has got their eyebrows raised. You know, they're, they're suddenly thinking about getting them.
1: Right. I mean, I remember that even when the Fitbit first came out, it was sort of a nerdy thing. We're right? like, why would you want to track your steps? But now, like, just go to the grocery store, or go to Starbucks, and, like, a lot of people in all different types of, all different types of lifestyles and, and professions and age, a bunch of people wear this sort of thing. And, you know, Fitbits have become sort of a more normal, accepted thing. The Apple Watch, definitely. You see way more Apple Watches than you used to. And uh, I think this will only become more common as time goes on. You know, maybe it won't always be a watch. Maybe at some point we'll have a ring or, you know, who knows what. But I think just we're going to see more and more of this in the future. So people, again, be more informed, make better decisions, be able to talk about their bodies and their health with actual data as opposed to just sort of subjective feelings.
0: Yeah. And, And I guess the closing point would be, you know, this stuff really can add years to your life. So you should take it seriously. Uh, We've heard from many listeners on this. I mean, Federico, our friend on Relay, has, um, you know, he survived cancer and he has gone through, he's done a lot of medical stuff and he's written some very touching posts about it, but all of them focus on how he's used technology to kind of turn things around for him. We'll put those Mm -hmm. links in the show notes. Zach Hall, a recent guest we had on MPU within the last six months, um, lost 50 pounds. You know, he just decided he didn't like the way he looked in his Christmas card, so he, uh, he got serious about using these tools and dropped a bunch of weight. And, um, and we've, I've heard from personally, I've heard from many listeners uh, whenever I do posts about my activity ranges, but I always hear from somebody who talks about some life changing effects this has had for them. So hopefully this stuff can help you out. Maybe we've shared a few apps or ideas with you today that can help you uh, get a little more fit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a side of this that we haven't really talked about is the sort of digital wellness, like, okay, I'm exercising eating well, but I'm spending a lot of time on screens, or I want to downplay that, or again, I want to understand to quantify how much time I'm using my devices. Uh, that was covered um, on MPU 423. And I think we will come back to that at some point, because the tools are a lot better than they've been in the
0: past. Yeah, that we we're aware of that. Uh, we will get there. Yes, it's on the list. <laughs> well, I think that about does it, uh, at least for today on health and fitness. We miss anything, Stephen? We good?
1: <laughs> it's such a broad field. I'm sure we missed ton of stuff. ton of stuff, but I like talking about how it impacts us, and I think oh, these are yeah. this is a good reflection of what we've used over the years.
0: And, and I know there's a lot of doctors that listen to the show, and most of them are banging their heads against their dashboard <laughs> right now about something I've said or you've said. Yeah. And uh, let us know. We're, we're trying to get it right here. Um, the, um, but anyway, we're the Mac Power Users. You can find the show over at relay.m slash MPU slash uh, 467. we got a bunch of great show notes here, including a Base article. And, um, you know, check it out. Uh, you can also find us over on the Mac Power Users forums at talk.macpowerusers.com. Uh, Stephen, where can folks find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter as ISMH and a bunch of shows here on Relay, of course. And then I write 512pixels.net.
0: And you can find me over at MaxSparky.com. Thanks to our sponsors today, uh, our friends over at OnePassword, Omnigroup, Luna Display, and Squarespace. And we will see you all next week.